What is up? And welcome back to 24 Minutes of A24, the podcast that takes a look at the A24 library 24 minutes at a time. I'm Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lawhorn. This week on the pod, we are looking back at 2023 and we're choosing our top five A24 projects of the year. We made it, Ben. We made it to the end of the year, dude. 2023 is almost over. Um, How are you feeling? It's crazy. I can't believe it's already over, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like this gets said every single end of the year. It's like, I can't believe we're already here, but yeah, yeah. I can't believe we're already here. Yeah. Um, it's been a, a, a big year for movies, I think. And we're going to kind of deconstruct a little bit, obviously, with our focus on A24. Um, this is our last A24 themed pod uh, for like the next 12, 13, 14 ish weeks. Yeah. Um, we've like got to see the, you in April for A24. Basically, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> I think so. I think because by the time that we we're we're doing a full Oscar switchover, and I know we've kind of been prepping this for a few weeks with our listeners and and things like that. Um, and we've actually got the the first episode recorded and in the bag and feeling pretty good. I've got to be yeah. honest; I feel less confident about our pick for best picture every day. So <laughs> I don't know what that means, but um, we're very excited about the Oscars. And so by the time that we do our ten best picture nominees and do our reaction to the Academy Awards and do a breakdown pod and then do maybe like a week later a more grounded take mm-hmm. on what happened. I do think we're looking at like an April for an A24 comeback, man. Something like that. I mean, it's the way to go, <laughs> I guess, you know. So let's commit a fourth of the year to the Oscars. I think it's going to be yeah. fun. I think, you know, I think people enjoy those episodes a lot. They seem to do pretty well. So I think everyone else is excited for us to talk about them too. Yeah, I'm super stoked. Uh, like I said, we got the first episode in the bag, uh, Barbie, and we have a, a great guest. I don't want to reveal too much because it's coming. It's coming next week. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't have to wait that long. But um, before that, we have a really special conversation with Clayton Davis, the uh, mm-hmm. senior awards editor of Variety, uh, back to kind of talk about the Oscars. You excited for a convo with him? Oh, I can't wait. I love having Clayton on. Like, his insight is amazing. Especially, I'm going to say his off-the-record stuff, always a lot of fun to, to yeah. hear him talk about, so I'm excited. <laughs> That's true. He does always give me a very hard time about Babylon, so yeah. I, I, I got to respect that. Rightfully um, so. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, whatever you say. <laughs> I will be honest with you. Let's, let's, let's take a side beat really, really fast. Um, so I watched Saltburn last night. You recently watched, watched mm-hmm. Saltburn as well. Um, I asked you what you thought about it, and you were like, I don't know. I guess we'll find out in the 2023 draft on the movie pod, or the movie mm-hmm. draft pod. Which, like, I fuck you, I guess. Like, I, yeah. I really want to know your thoughts. <laughs> Solely fair. Um, yeah. But so anyway, that's coming in the future. My point is that I watched Saltburn last night. And you know what I thought? And I've thought this over the past few days. I've been trying to cram in the end of, like, my 2023 watches, right? Um, mm-hmm. Trying to get them on the list. And I've thought over the last few days, like, dang, that was kind of a bummer of a movie. You know it would be good? Maybe I'll just toss on Babylon and that'll make me feel better. And that's how I know... I'm a true psychopath. <laughs> yeah. I mean, other than seeing Oppenheimer seven times in theaters, giving you almost a, a literal day of your life to one, one more movie, watch to go. One more watch to go. Crazy to me. Uh, but yeah, the love for Babylon is right up there with it. Oh, man. Yeah. We're going to be talking about Babylon in the movie draft pod. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, maybe every episode. We'll, we'll see. Uh, that pod is coming. We're both very excited about that. Um, but let's talk about E24 in yeah. 2023. Pretty big year for A24, um, especially going into the Oscars, maybe. We'll, we'll talk about it, break it down, give some thoughts. A24 released 21 movies this mm. year um, that I counted that Wikipedia has versus the 19 in 2022. Yeah. Uh, 
how how is twenty twenty three for A twenty four, Ben? What's your take on the year as a whole for for the company? I think it was a pretty solid year. I mean, there's a lot of really good stuff that came out this year. I don't think anything. It's hard to even think back on everything everywhere all at once, mm. like not being a front runner. Cause I think we were all a little surprised by it winning, but I feel like there's nothing in this lineup this year. That's like, all right, this is totally going to take this award or whatever, which is an interesting departure from last year when we were like equating everything to everything everywhere and how well it's going to do. But overall, I still think there's a lot of really good stuff here. Um, there's some highs and some lows personally, you know, my, my poor <laughs> bow is afraid just like not working for me is still a bummer for me. Um, but, can I, can yeah. I ask you real quick on that front? Because yeah. now that Bo is afraid did make an Oscar shortlist and I believe it was for makeup and, and hairstyling. Um, have your thoughts on Bo's afraid changed at all? Have you revisited it? I have not revisited it. Uh, so my thoughts haven't changed. I am. I, I think I said it before when we actually talked about the movie, like I'm curious to rewatch it and see what yeah. it does to my perception of the movie since I'll understand or, or expect what's going to be coming ah. um, and just see if that changes how I feel about it. But as of now, no, my feelings are just the same level of disappointment. <laughs> just sad, sad boy. Just ben. sadness. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's too bad. Um, yeah, I think my my thoughts on Bo is Afraid has have changed, even though I haven't rewatched it. Um, which I think is is interesting. Twenty twenty three for A twenty four. I I feel like it was really a year of like a few shining stars and like the rest being kind of mediocre, to be honest. Um, because you know we do talk about the Bo is Afraid, which was it's like very massive in like the film Twitter sphere and like yeah. being talked about of like, what it, what is it? What does it mean? What does it mean for a 24? What does it mean for Ari Aster? What does it mean for original content? Like all of these kind of extra questions that come with it. Um, and then you got past lives. I'm sure we're going to talk about past lives and its potential Oscar run and, and things like that. The zone of interest, uh, the iron claw picking up a lot of steam pretty late in the, in the game here. Mm. But then, but then you have movies that are like, I don't know, like Sharper. It's, is it okay? I, I think like when we talked about Sharper, we were just like, it's perfectly okay. And that, that yeah. was like the greatest description that we could describe it. Like you get movies like Medusa Deluxe. I think both of us a little disappointed in Medusa Deluxe. You get uh, Dick's the Musical. I don't know. It kind of like came and went very, very quickly. And like nobody talked about it at all. So I feel like you get a lot of highs and lows with for 2023 sure. for a 24. Yeah, no, I I'm with you on that. Like, I, I just think the way I was going to compare it, you know, to last year mm -hmm. is that I feel like, um, I liked more stuff last year, 2022. I think I enjoyed more of their movies last year, mm -hmm. but I liked stuff more this year. If that makes sense. Like the hires were oh, high. Sure. Um, but again, the lowers, the lowers were, were low. lower, <laughs> like nothing hit me last year. I mean, everything everywhere aside, that's like a very special film, obviously. Right. But nothing else hit me like Iron Claw or Past Lives or Close, you know, like there was some super fun stuff. Like I made a list of some of my favorites. Obviously, we had Pearl and X, mm -hmm. After Sun, Marcel, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Like there's a lot of good stuff that came out last year. Don't that forget I, men. That I really liked men. Obviously, the save the best for last. Alex Garland. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. There, I liked a lot of stuff last year, but I think I liked things more 
this year. That's totally fair. I, I quickly just want to shout out. So 2022, you're right. I think there were more hidden gems mm-hmm. in 2022. I think it's kind of like what we established. So like after Yang, a movie yeah. that honestly not a lot of people talk about that is quite, quite good. Um, I think Bodies, 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 you mentioned is like kind of this cult um, little hit. I know a lot of people like Funny Pages. I was very cold on Funny Pages mm-hmm. last year. Um, I think... A lot of people enjoyed that. Um, obviously, movies like Stars at Noon, After Sun, these things kind of had a big uh, Causeway ended up being a, a big yeah. Oscar contender, which was kind of crazy because uh, I don't think that really happened. And then I, something we've never talked about on the pod before. Can I just quickly ask, like we and we've had conversations offline about this of like, what should we cover this or not? Apparently, White Noise is an A24 production. The yeah. Netflix movie from Noah Baumbach starring Adam Driver like that and Greta Gerwig, apparently that is listed as an A24 film. And maybe that's on us, but the fact that we didn't even cover that because we didn't realize it was an A24 film, I think <laughs> says a lot about it. That they like it just wasn't very prominent that it was an A24 film. It didn't feel yeah. super, super weird. So here are the 21 movies that were released in 2023. I want to say them all. And then I have some more questions for you. So when you finished the Saving the World, January 20th, 2023, um, that came out of Sundance mm-hmm. a year, a year ago. Now that we're recording almost two years ago. And I think that was interesting because that's Jesse Eisenberg's directorial debut. Yeah. Um, and it felt very Sundancey. And I think that was the second time I saw it. And I, I think the sheen had maybe worn off a little bit. But I, I think not a bad way to start the year. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was fine. You know what I mean? It, it was interesting. I think I was colder on it than you were. I yeah, didn't yeah, love yeah. it, but so. it's also just like, it's a directorial debut. Making movies is hard. But, like, I don't want to shit on it too much, you know, but it just, yeah, I don't know that it was completely for me. That's okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Then we get close on January 27th. That was part of the 20, 2023 uh, Oscar lineup that was nominated for Best International Feature Film from uh, Lucas Don't. I know that's one of your favorite movies of like in the time that we've been doing the pod, basically. Yeah. That movie fucked me up big time. I <laughs> love that movie a lot. Um, and it's, yeah, it was surprising to me where this fell on my top five of the year because this movie did huh. like, it meant a lot to me for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're going to be doing our top five of the year, obviously. And then we have some interesting a one acts that I kind of want to yeah. kind of took, took a little inspiration from some other people around, around the horn. And um, we're going to go through those. Uh, sharper february 10th that just just fucking straight to apple tv plus nobody really talked about it kind of a, a bitching cast honestly Dude, yeah. what, like what happened with that movie i feel like dirty laundry ended up on my spotify wrapped because of this movie you know because of that bar scene it's like fuck yeah. Yeah, the song rips you know like let's listen to it so yeah i don't know it, it was a like you said i think we both called it perfectly okay yeah, yeah. it's a movie that had some really good scenes but for the most part was just like all right that's a yeah. movie. Cool. Might not be done talking about that movie yet yeah. on this on this episode. Yeah. Um, I'll just throw that out there. Pi got the Darren Aronofsky film, got a re-release on March 14th. Interesting that A24 decided to re-release two films yeah. this year. Um, and one of them, not not Pi. The other one stopped making sense. <laughs> yeah. Ended up being a big phenomenon, like a pretty big box office driver uh, showing up April 7th. I, can I just quickly ask you, have you... I think we were both like lukewarm on mm-hmm. showing up. 
but both of us liked First Cow quite yeah. a bit. Um, both Kelly Riker films. Mm-hmm. Have you rethought about showing up at all? Because I've seen it popping up on people's like most underrated movies of 2023 or top five of the year lists. And people are kind of coming out of the woodwork and being like, yeah, I've been on the showing up train for a long time. And I just, I just don't think that's been the case for a lot of people. Yeah. I've just chalked it up to, I'm just not smart enough for it. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of what it is. Like, I think it's a, it it is a good movie. I think overall, I don't think either of us were negative on it. I think um, it was just like, yeah, I mean, it's a good movie. There's some good performances, but uh, I maybe wasn't seeing what everybody else was seeing with this. Yeah. No, I, I think that's totally fair. The more I think about it, the more I like it, but it did not make any like top list for yeah. me. I'll yeah. just I'll just say. Um, okay, we get the much maligned Bo is Afraid, April 14th. You Hurt My Feelings, May 26th, Past Lives, June 2nd. I'm going to start rolling through these because I'm it. realizing we're going to start, we're going to be talking about a lot of them. Yeah, we are. Um, Earth Mama, July 7th. All movies that we have pretty much covered, I think we did a pretty solid job of covering mm-hmm. uh, most things that are widely available this yeah. year. Let's just we'll just put it that way. Um, the Deepest Breath, July nineteenth, uh, followed by Stephen Curry, underrated on July twenty first. Both streaming films. I believe The Deepest Breath went to Netflix. Stephen Curry went to Apple TV Plus. Yeah, this was in the heat of the strikes. We did not cover them on the pod um, out of our our you know conscious decision to not shed light on you know, the, the streamers and the companies that, that actors um, and writers were fighting against essentially. Yeah. Um, did you watch any, either of these movies in your free time? No, I still haven't watched either. I'm like the deepest breath thing almost freaks me out. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I'm way too like, scared to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no. I, I thought I had a fear of heights, but just thinking about what these people do, it's like, Oh, that's crazy. I like, can't come up too fast. All that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, these were like the two movies this year, two new movies this year that we didn't cover. Although A24 movies we were able to talk about because they did come to an agreement with the actors and stuff like that. We just didn't feel right with Netflix and Apple TV, like covering those. So um, yeah, I think those are are two of the main ones that we didn't cover this year. Yeah. I think those are two of the, of the biggest ones. I did happen to watch Stephen Curry underrated. Mm. Um, I'm not a big basketball guy. I'm, I I think I'm a very casual fan. Um, I do like a good documentary and I even more so love a good sports documentary. Okay. This was not it. Let me just, that's oh, my two, right. that my, that's my two cents on that one. Um, talk to me, July 28th, the horror movie of the summer, Medusa Deluxe, August 11th, stop making sense. The next re-release mm-hmm. kind of 4k remastering that we still don't know when it's coming to physical. Say, Get I it mean, together, A24. I, I haven't bought and talk to me or stop making sense because I, I just feel like they're going to release it at some point. I know talk to me is out and you can buy it, but I'm like, no, I don't want to. No just like I did with everything everywhere buy three versions of it. Like I just want them to release their version so I can buy that one. I, I know. know. I, I, you can buy stop making sense. You can like find a DVD mm-hmm. of it. I want the 4k resolution. That's yeah. what I want. And yeah. they could put it up for 40 bucks and I would just buy it right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I, we got to get it together. Um, Dick's the musical October 6th. That's one that you missed this year. Yeah. You were not on that, on that pod. Um, I ended up seeing that movie. And maybe we'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, Priscilla, October 27th, All Dirt Road's Taste of Salt, uh, November 3rd. This was also out of Sundance um, mm-hmm. in, in 2023. Not a huge, like a widely available movie, as far as I'm aware, at least like theatrically. It yeah. might be streaming somewhere right now, but not something that we um, 
we covered. I would say, yeah, we didn't get to it because I don't know that either of us got it. Like it was felt like it was pretty limited. And if it did go wide, it was for a week or something like we I don't remember seeing it here in Salt Lake at all. Yeah. Um, very interesting. So if you if you look on Letterboxd right now, I'm looking and it's it's not available anywhere. Like I mm. it it I have all my streaming services in there and I have quite a few. Um yeah. and it's not playing anywhere. So I wonder if you can maybe buy that on Apple TV Plus or something. Um Dream Scenario, uh November 10th. The zone of interest uh was a technical December 15th release. Um mm. something we've not yet covered on the show. Haven't had the chance. I got the chance to see it at New York Film Festival. Ben, you haven't seen it yet. Correct. Because it did only go to New York and LA so far. And it's just like not coming out is now a good time to like just briefly for one minute air our a 24 release schedule grievances. It's like, I mean, we've done it so much. It's so hard. Like we will make a calendar. We will make our schedule. And I don't know how many episodes we end with. I think we're <laughs> I talking know. about this next week, but I don't know. You know, like right. it's so hard again, if anybody from a 24 or anybody else connections, a 24 is able to get us some Help screeners us. here so that we can review, view, review these movies that we love, yeah. you know, for the most part, we enjoy every single film we watch and we want to keep talking about them. But Stop making it so difficult, please, please. <laughs> this this is our plea to A24. Yeah. Please just this is what send I us, want for Christmas. Yeah, send us screeners or like let's just release the movies a little yeah. bit. Um, I think an interesting like let's put a very brief pin in that conversation because the next one on the list is The Iron Claw had a wide release on December twenty second. We were both mm-hmm. able to see it, talk about it, covered here on the show. A lot of lot of talk going around about like. A24 bungled it with the Iron Claw because it could have been an awards contender. Can we, I think we should, let's put a pin in that when we yeah. talk and, and we'll talk about Oscars here in a minute with past lives and other things. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. And then the last movie of the year, Occupied City, also an extremely limited release on December 25th. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I know very few people that have seen this movie really only playing in New York um, and neither of us live in New York. So and that's, that's a documentary from Steve McQueen, right? I believe so. I've heard it's very, very good. I mean, Um, amazing director. So yeah, that's uh, unfortunate. Yes. um, A bummer for sure. So 21 movies released in um, 2023. And we talked about the difference between 2022 and 2023. Do you think that you and I, did we get anything wrong this year? Did we go, did we go into a movie and maybe say like, you know, take Bo is afraid, for example. I know we talked about that for a brief Mm. second, but like, you know, oh, this isn't very good. And now that we're thinking about it, maybe it actually is pretty good. Is there any movie that stands out on this list as like, we should probably reevaluate? I think, I mean, to speak to Bo, I think I admitted it on the episode that I'm at fault here because like I went in expecting the trilogy to Hereditary and Midsommar. You know what I mean? I was ready for the next thing. And so when I wasn't getting that, I just wasn't in the mental place to like accept mm. the movie for what it was. So I, I never want to say Bo is a bad movie. I just, I always try to reiterate like it just didn't work for me, but that's, that's my own fault. So I am curious to go back and see what I would do for that. Honestly, like the only thing I think I would rate differently is I would put past lives higher. I gave it an <laughs> A24. I would just give it an A plus oh. 24. I don't know why I was like, felt like I had to reserve it, but that's like, that's the only thing I think I would go back and change because like, it's, you know, one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally, totally fair. Um, 
I know in the past um, we've very publicly said here on the show that we are just like not good at keeping track of what of what yeah. we rate movies um, and what we think of films. We've cleaned that up a little bit, which is pretty nice. Um, and so I'm looking back here and trying to figure out um, movies from this year specifically that um, I think are worth going back. We did have a good chance to like go back into the A24 catalog and mm-hmm. cover things like In Fabric, Mississippi Grind. Like we had a lot of good kind of hidden gems, I think, that we covered here in the show. Yeah. I think for me, if if I'm going back, I, I might have been a little harsh on Priscilla. I think it didn't strike me quite the same way same way it, it, it struck a lot of other people. Yeah. Um and maybe I was just expecting too much. Maybe I'm not used to Sofia Coppola and and I was just kind of wanting a little bit more out of that. Um, will I ever revisit it? I don't, maybe, I don't know. Like, we'll see. Um, but I think I, I might've been a little harsh, but I do feel pretty good about where I landed with everything this year. I gotta be honest, not to toot my own horn, but I feel pretty good. I think we've established that you don't like women. So I think that's understandable <laughs> yeah. with the whole Priscilla take on that for sure. That's fair. Um, yeah. Mantra of the pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> No, I mean, jokes aside, I think Sofia Coppola is a great director and I think it's just, she has a very distinct style. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I think it depends on your relationship with her films and how you receive everything, but that's totally fair. Like I said, we all got different tastes. Speaking of me hating women, let's talk yeah. about a movie that really only has all guys in it. Let's um, do it. <laughs> the Iron Claw. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> really? Yeah. Only white guys, please. Yeah. Um, Oppenheimer. So Let's talk about the Iron Claw. I know we put a pin in our kind of Oscars tie-in here for a second. Next week, we're starting Oscars. We have our preview chat with um, with uh, Clayton Davis. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, Barbie kicking us off um, for the first episode of, you know, kind of the 10 best picture nominee season. A lot of people saying that the Iron Claw, Zac Efron should be Oscar nominated. We should be looking at technical awards, editing, cinematography, things like this. Uh, we have not really broken that part of the conversation about the movie yeah. down. Um, do you think A24 might have bungled it a little bit with either the release schedule or kind of the amount that they may be entrusted to the Iron Claw? Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? I'm curious what their thought process was behind it. If they didn't expect it to get the reception that it did. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like they obviously believed in it if they gave it a Christmas release because you want to, you know, put stuff out then when people are going to movies. But it's just kind of surprising they didn't even bump it up to a Thanksgiving release, I guess, you know, to get a little bit more awards time. Um, I feel like it, it could have used that because I can't think of, you know, just going back and looking th- at the reviews that have come out about this movie. Has anyone disliked Zach Efron? Like, I think everyone's mm. just like, this is the best performance he's ever given. Like, you've got to give him some recognition here. And it's like, why not bump it up just one month? Because they didn't put anything. That's the other thing. It's like, in 10 days, we got Zone of Interest, The Iron Claw, and Occupied City. Like, we got three yeah. movies in 10 days. And the movie before that was November 10th. So it's like, this seems like a perfect Thanksgiving release. Like, why didn't this just get bumped up a little bit? before some of these nominations go out, before people start voting. I don't know. I just feel like there was time for it. Obviously it's easy for us to sit back and watch and just be like, Oh, you guys should have done this. I, but I am curious what the reason is like why it didn't happen because I'm afraid it's going to miss out on some stuff that it, it should be qualifying for. I think it raises an interesting question. And I want to tie this into past lives. Um, 
because this has the potential to be a best picture nominee. It's got, yeah. it's got a lot of underlying dark horse energy with a, a best actress, a best supporting actor, a best director, things that could happen. And I feel mm-hmm. like at least for the last few years, I mean, going all the way back to Moonlight, you, you have A24. I mean, you got, Mo- you got Moonlight in 2018, you got Minari in 2020. You've got everything everywhere all at once. Last year, 2022, you have past lives this year. It feels like A24 kind of puts all their eggs in one basket mm-hmm. for the year. They choose one movie and they're like, this is the A24 representation of that movie or, or at, at the Academy Awards, excuse me. This year is interesting because we we do have the zone of interest in the conversation. Might mm-hmm. be nominated for Best Picture. Jonathan Glazer might pick up a Best Director. So this year could be identifying that like that strategy is not the right way to go. If they're identifying that though, if they're saying, okay, we believe in past lives, we love that it the the reception, we love the energy, we love that it stayed around so long. We are going for the zone of interest because we believe in it. It's an Oscars bait quote unquote um mm. type film what like why you're right why are we leaving out the iron claw like if we're spreading our resources why are we not doing anything about this the reception for the iron claw i do think is much much stronger than anybody anticipated yeah um especially when it comes to zach efron and i mean other movies other studios they are starting the FYC ads for your consideration. They're putting out the posters that are saying, you know, best supporting actor or best uh, original score, or whatever you they want it to say. It just feels like the Iron Claw is like only word of mouth right now and mm-hmm. no, no A24 support, which I think is a little odd, to be honest. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. I'm I'm curious if it's like a form of just feeling defeated, like when you're up against the latest Scorsese and sure, Oppenheimer sure. is just like, what is chance do we it? really have? Like how much money do we want to throw at this? Um, you know, maybe not for best picture, but I do think there are other nominations like Greta Lee for best actress and Zac Efron best actor. I think there are, are places that they could be throwing their money and at least get some attention to the brand because the, I feel like there's a very good case for them to have three movies in the best picture race mm-hmm. between past lives, uh, zone of interest and iron claw. That'd be huge to have like, 30% of the best pictures be coming from one studio. Like that's pretty yeah. big and especially a studio like this. So I think they should be giving it more attention. I, I'm curious why they're not, but I, I'm hopeful still that when the nominations come out, we see a lot of a 24 represented on there. They were putting out very, very strong FYC ads last year for everything, mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, individual like pullouts and posters and all sorts of things. Um, for everything everywhere and i know we keep referencing that and it is sort of an outlier in terms of like how much steam that actually garnered and had Mm -hmm. but you talk about like a dark horse movie Uh, i i know i mentioned on the iron claw pod like the iron claw is not in the best picture race i just don't it just it just doesn't seem like it you you said it scorsese you've got jonathan glazer you've got Greta gerwig you have christopher nolan all of these very impactful, massive movies. Yeah. And the Iron Claw just doesn't feel like it matches up to that. But the more that I think about it personally, the more I feel like it has a shot. And I wonder if A24 puts a little bit of a, of a push behind it in the next few weeks. 
can you make something happen, especially when it's coming to Zac Efron? Is it is it noteworthy to be nominated even though you know it's a losing race? I think is really the the crux of the issue here because yeah. the best actor nom is it worth it for Zac Efron to be nominated for an A twenty four you know distributed film when we're all pretty sure Killian's going to take it? Um, I don't know. I I do think that's a battle that they're that they're facing and trying to figure out. Past lives is it still a best picture nomination in your eyes? I think so. I think it's still there. I think you could fill out the top four, maybe five pretty easily, but I feel like that bottom half is pretty wide open. Yeah. Those top 10 best I pictures. Do. So, um, yeah, for me, both in my heart and in my head, uh, past lives is still there. One of those 10 nominations for sure. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. So that would be a nominate. That would be one best picture nomination for, for a 24. We move to the zone of interest. We mentioned that it's really only playing in New York and LA. It did play at at New York. It did play at other film festivals. It is still a very limited release. What do you think? What's the strategy behind this? Is it a a limited, uh, you know, like not everybody can see it. Let's build up the hype. So when people do see it, they get on, on the hype train or like, I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know. I, I guess they just put faith in the critics, you know, and the people that are able to see it and able to get the word out there because it's another movie where I don't know that I've read a negative review about it. I'm sure there's some that are out there, but for the most part, yeah. people just talk about, you know, how powerful the film is. And I think that's huge. And I think the small word of mouth that it has right now has, I don't know, it's made a big impact and it's just like, if you guys could multiply this and like let more people see it, there's a chance that the word of mouth would be even bigger. Like get it out there. Can I, can I play devil's advocate for a second? I love it. Because why does Oppenheimer suck? (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) not the route that I'm going. Not even close. Um, I, I, I just wonder with the zone of interest and this is, this is my devil's advocate take here. It worries me. I guess if you're coming at it from a negative perspective, it worries me that it is still in a limited release and that they've stuck to that limited release for so long. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been talked about for so long because you look at a lot of other best picture potential nominees. Yeah. Obviously Oppenheimer killers of flower moon. These movies, Barbie, these movies have been out for a long time. Even movies though, like the color purple is now out in wide availability. Um, Anatomy of a fall, another international film that did play the festivals that has been quite widely available for some time now. Um, I get worried that once the mass public sees the zone of interest, not enough people are on the Jonathan Glazer level to understand slash respect slash want to nominate this kind of a film. And I wonder if they're holding out to try to get as close as they can to these shortlist releases so they might avoid a very public, I don't know, modern day film Twitter take on the zone of interest. Yeah, that's possible. I guess, you know, it's hard to, to argue with that, but maybe they're just happy with the fact that it's in 
you know, the foreign language film. It was like, that's mm. good enough. You know, I don't know. It's so many of these decisions. I'm <laughs> just like, I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded by them because it just feels, it feels like the obvious answer is there. Like get it out there, get it wide. Yeah. Um, the reception went good so far. Like, yeah, maybe there's a chance that it gets perceived differently by film Twitter or whatever, but I think that's also a bubble in and of itself that we found sure. sometimes where people can be just really like hot takes on a movie and then it goes wide. It's like, Oh wait, no one else feels this way. That's really weird. <laughs> like we all thought this, this certain thing. So yeah. um yeah, I don't know. I'm curious. It feels like the chances are dwindling, uh, dwindling of it becoming the best picture nomination for sure. I'd be, I'm very curious to hear what Clayton has to say about it. I, I agree. Um, and just so I'm clear, I, I loved the zone of interest. Mm-hmm. I thought it was qu- quite a masterwork um, from, from Glazer. And that's someone that I, you talk about like reevaluating, reassessing t- takes on the pod. I know under the skin is something we've revisited in the yeah. library. It's not like a 2023 film, but I have completely flipped on Glazer on under the skin, um, the zone of interest and, and really um, has have changed how I, how we think about that. So this is all very interesting to me, and I know we're going to talk more Oscars in the in the coming weeks. This is my last Oscars kind of question here. So if one movie outside outside of past lives, outside of the zone of interest, and I'm going to put on there outside of the Iron Claw, because mm-hmm. both of us do feel like the Iron Claw deserves some Oscar nomination, some recognition, even potentially a Best Picture spot outside of those three if you had to choose what goes what goes either best picture nom or best actor nom or or something from the a24 catalog this year man the one i would pick we already know didn't make the short list and it'd be priscilla for hair and makeup Mm. you know Mm -hmm. like i think that one there's some great production there i think kaylee spaney was fantastic um that's a movie i wish could get a little bit more attention uh and unfortunately it's missed out on some of the shortlist already but it's something i still i still have hope for for sure would be priscilla that also would have been my answer i think a travesty that it didn't make makeup and hair sign i just don't yeah. i do not understand that uh, quite at all my very unserious answer is that the academy should uh make a new category and it should be called best dance scene because this year in movies alone, like just generally, broadly, mm-hmm. so many good, important, fantastic dance scenes um, in clubs or uh, like what have you. And, uh, you know, thinking of After Sun last year, yeah. who made this category. After I'm, Yang, too. Uh, after Yang, yes. I'm going to nominate um, Sharper. You mentioned it for best yeah. dance scene with uh, Sebastian Stan and Julianne Moore, just two very hot people listening to a good song. Um, committing crimes and having a ball. It's the way to go. Yeah, it's, it could be back to back champs for sure. We we could we could do it. Um, <laughs> if if we were a great society, this is what we would have at the Academy Awards. <laughs> um, totally subjective. Um, categories. Okay. Very interesting year for a twenty four. We are here to make a top five list, though. Yes, we this are. is this is the brass tacks. This is the meat of the episode here. This is what we've decided. Since we are not covering the zone of interest. That we are going to be covering now to finish out the year. We have not revealed our list to each other. And I know as a listener, you may be thinking, and I, and I, I get it. Like, uh, the, you know, we talk every week. We share our opinions on all these A24 movies every week. From my, from my viewpoint, 
you're 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 a wild a a, a wild choice <laughs> here, Ben. I I have no idea what to expect. I have no clue what's gonna make your list. I think you bring the chaos, and I appreciate that, and that's why I'm so excited for this. I appreciate that as well. I'm predicting that we have two movies, okay, crossover in the that's same the, in the same spots or not in the same spots. Not in the same spots. And that's the over. Like I'd I'd safely bet one, you know, okay. but I'm like, we might have two. One. But you're right. I just think there's no way that we have more than that that cross over. But you know, we'll see. And I guess we'll we'll uh dig into it now. I'm amazed at uh, like what I had to leave off of here, even as we talk about this right now. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Are you do you want to kick us off with number five? I don't want to. I feel like you need to you need to get this off your chest. You need to start the process I, of healing. I do feel like I need to, unfortunately. <laughs> um my five is hard because I, I have like three things that I'm debating between here. Oh, I'm I'm so interested. See what I mean? It's a wild a wild card. I don't know what's coming. Oh, I want you to go first so bad. Okay. Never um, <laughs> at number five. Damn, dude. Well, what's right, your I, what's your thought process here? Why why are we through? There's a movie that I think is better, okay. but there's a movie that had more of an impact on me. Oh, it, tough. The head and You the know heart what I mean? Yeah, here. exactly. Yeah. So, and this is like, the other four feel pretty locked in for me. Like nothing's going to take those spots. Like, okay. So it's a really, a, it's a five spot debate. It's a five yourself. spot. The, the rest of mm. these, I'm ready to just like read them off, but five, I'm just like, Oh, is it this? Is it that? Is it whatever? Um, but you know, I'm I'm gonna go with my head on this one actually because a lot of these oh. are my heart. Oh, and I'm gonna go with Priscilla. We just talked Woo. about it. Um, really, really enjoyed this film. Listeners of this pod will know just how much I loved Elvis last year. So this was a fantastic uh, sequel of sorts for me for the next year. Um, sequel again, in, like, in soul, right? Haley Spaney just gave such a wonderful performance. I don't know that it's in the cards for her to get nominated, but I would love it because I think she did a great job. Jacob Lordy was wonderful doing a very different Elvis than Austin Butler did. Um, but his was a very powerful performance as well. I love Coppola's style. I love her production design. I love how she tells a story, how we stick with Priscilla so much um, and experience the day-to-day, the, the mundane day-to-day stuff that happens when you're married to a superstar, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't miss, like we get to see Vegas. We get to see the fun stuff. We also just get to see like sitting around the house and what do we do? Like, there, is there a yeah. book in the house? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> there's like not much to do here. And how does that affect your being and who you are? Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it was a very, very powerful story. Um, I had a great time with that movie and Sofia Coppola for the most part, I haven't seen everything she's done. But so far, I've enjoyed everything I've seen. So she's batting a thousand for me. Yeah, I, I do feel like Priscilla generally like under underrated this year. Um, mm-hmm. I will give a shout out to Dagmara uh, Dominizic, I believe. Um, she's from Succession, and she's yeah. in this movie. Uh, she plays Kara Carolina, uh, Carolina in Succession. She's great. And as soon as I saw her pop up, I was like, "Let's let's go, girls. Let's we go. did it." Um, so that's that's exciting. I I like that you picked Priscilla. Like I said, I I just maybe I just like wasn't in the right headspace for it. Maybe it's just a personal thing. That's um, okay. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was like great, great though. Um Jacob Alerty, tall guy. Very tall guy. 
very tall guy. Very tall guy <laughs> in Saltburn. Yep. Tall dude. Super tall. So many times in Saltburn where I was just like, Barry Kogan, short guy. Short Jacob Valerdi, tall guy. Short king, but packing heat for sure. Short hung king. That's that's yeah. that's my guy. Um, okay, so number five, Priscilla. I'm I feel like I'm in a similar boat with you with this number five because there are a few movies that are pretty much locks that mm-hmm. I think might not come as a surprise to a lot of people, but of course we'll we'll hash mount. We'll talk about it. But this five spot could go to a few things. But I feel like I'm gonna choose maybe the more chaotic pick that I feel is more fun. And yeah. it's not a movie that again, I, I, I necessarily loved. It's not a movie that's making my like top 10, maybe even top 20 of 2023, but it is a movie that I respect and took a lot of balls literally to make it. And it's Bo is afraid. I'm okay. going with Bo is afraid at number five. There are just certain things in this movie that I think about where I'm just like, okay, yeah, that's that's pretty audacious. Or like, yeah, that's very Ari Aster-like core. Or, mm. wow, that's quite a scene. And like, I can, I can understand what we were going for there, and I get what we were grasping at. The Parker Posey of it all is pretty unbeatable. Um, Nathan Lane just firing off some great one-liners. I think there's a lot of individual things I like and I appreciate about Bo's Afraid. And to your point, I'm very curious to revisit it mm-hmm. and see how I feel at, as kind of a, a connective work of art. Um, and there's a massive CGI dick. Let's put yeah, respect where it's due, people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you had me at Parker Posey. Um, yeah, this movie, again, like it wasn't bad. I just, I wasn't ready for what it was. And that's totally on me. But I'm, I'm glad to see it represented here. I feel like it'd be a weird top five list of A24 movies if neither of us had it here. So I think it's a good call. I agree. I, I think, I think Ari Aster next slated to do a neo noir Western yeah. with Joaquin Phoenix, if I'm remembering correctly. That sounds right. I was afraid was really his pivot. And he was like, I'm not, not getting caught in the horror, the horror gears here. Which is just so interesting to me. Cause I feel like he was two for two. He crushed those first two. You know what I he mean? Was. Yeah, he was. If he doesn't want to get pigeonholed, I don't blame him. You know, very fascinating career. as a I like it. I'm yeah. ready for the Ariesta rom-com. Let's see it. Let's, Let's it go. <laughs> um, number four for me is the most recent film that we've talked about, uh, which is the iron claw. Um, I really love this movie. I think the story of the Von Erichs is so interesting. It's been, um, opening, I guess, to see some people's response to like the erasure of one of the brothers on here, but it's just like, it's a movie, mm, sure. man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you can't yeah. like, and I think to the point, um, Sean Durkin said like, it was just too depressing to have five brothers die. <laughs> you know, it's like, mm. let's, let's not focus on every single brother that died. Uh, they kind of, you know, put them all together, made an amalgamation of the youngest brother being the youngest two brothers from the actual Von Eriks. But um, aside from that, amazing performances. Uh, Harris Dickinson was fantastic. We all kind of gave our props when we had Liam on here um, to Harris and to Jeremy Allen White and obviously Zac Efron. They all just did wonderful. And then as dad, Holt McElhaney, who people, you know, recognize from, you know, know, a lot of Fincher movies, but you know, also Mindhunter, stuff like that, like fantastic Mm. actor. He did a wonderful job here too. So 
I loved this film. Um, there is one other movie on my list that made me cry harder, you know, <laughs> maybe two, but it's like the ending of this film just really, really got me. And it is even, I had seen it done like by the actual brother. I had seen that phrase and I was like, and it hit me then, but watching Efron say it for some reason, just like ripped my heart out. I was like, Oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> like it's such yeah. a great performance. So he does a great job. Everyone in there is doing I think fantastic work. So yeah, Lily James, she's great in it. More tyranny, mm. wonderful job. And yeah, this is my fourth favorite a 24 release of the year. So I think it's an interesting year for, and, and coming off of, of watching Maestro just mm-hmm. a couple of hours ago, I think this is kind of at the forefront of my mind, totally different conversation that word we don't really need to cover here on this show. I think it's a really interesting year for understanding and maybe coming to grips with like a movie is and can be and might choose to be a subset of the story. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to cover everything. And I think to Sean Durkin's point, I think that's, that's quite astute of like, it was just too much heartbreak that this movie could, wasn't ready to carry and like, wasn't ready to do. And I think it, it, it's an interesting, in the context of, of, of Maestro, because that movie does gloss over large swaths of Bernstein's life. And so I think that's something interesting that this film can like bring about of like, it's okay to understand that a movie is, is just that, and it is just the story that's being mm-hmm. told. It doesn't need to encapsulate every minute detail of, of what act- might be reality or might not be. This it's is our a, first. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, like, it's an interesting argument that we talk about a lot because it's the same with any narrative piece. It, we're just looking at the interpretation of the director. That's what uh-huh. we're doing here and the writer. Um, nothing's going to be told. They're not documentaries. Even documentaries leave stuff out. And it's a hard thing to hear when people say, you know, like, oh, well, this it left this out, left that out. And I, again, like admit my hypocrisy in that because that was my problem with Killers of the Flower Moon, where it's just like the part of the story decided to tell bothered me. I knew we weren't going to be able to tell everything, but like the stuff that was chosen was like, oh, it was frustrating for me. But at the same time, I I get that like, that's just, it's not a thing that's going to happen. We saw Scorsese's take on it um, and, you know, it's a good film. So this is Iron Claw, while it does leave stuff out, I think it hits home the core of the story here. This is our first overlap. I okay. feel like since we're talking about the Iron Claw, it's only appropriate that I, I re- reveal the location of the Iron Claw. Okay. Is that, should we, should we do it that way? Yeah, let's do that for sure. Okay. Sounds good. So I do have the Iron Claw at number two. Oh, which is, right. which is high. It's high. I, I realize that. And I understand we're just coming off of the Iron Claw. I've seen it twice in the last couple of weeks. Um, m- a very, very personal connection to Mm -hmm. to this movie i kind of i broke it down on the iron claw pod um but i think that kind of final scene um and one of the final scenes going to this better place um that i've just never quite cried like that felt like that experienced a moment like that on screen um before and so you know the the rest of the film aside i will forever have that very special connection to this movie even though i'm not a wrestling guy even though like i like give or take Zac Efron. Like I, I, I don't have like that where I'm like, oh, I was so ingrained in the Von Eric story. Like mm-hmm. it's so cool to see it on the big screen. I don't have that, but I do have something, another personal connection. 
there is one thing about the Iron Claw that I want to call out, and I I um have been just thinking about this movie a lot, and it's some of the very smart and impressive uh like juxtaposition scenes with one another. One specifically that that I caught in the second watch was um when Zach uh, Zach Efron's character and Lily James' character they um basically they have sex in his truck. And this big elation of like this new era of life and love and joy directly cut to the black and white overhead shot of a, of a wrestling ring and the, mm. and the despair that that place carries for Kevin Von Eric. Yeah. I think there's a lot of really smart choices in this movie. Um, and it is one of my top 10 of the year entirely from, from nearly the hundred releases I've seen in 2023. Nice. So I don't think number two is really out of place here. And I feel confident that I will keep that. And really it'll be a movie that, that sticks. And I, I loved it. I think that's great. I'm curious how many of my top five would make it in my overall top 10. Um, I feel like. Yeah. For the year. A few of them will. Yeah. 10 for the year for sure. Okay. Um, there's a lot of good stuff here. Uh, we'll, we'll probably be talking about that a bit on the movie draft pod here in a few I think weeks. We, I think we might. Do you want to give your number four now? Sure. Yeah. I'll give my number four. We'll see. Let's see if we have any crossover. Yeah. We'll kind of just kind of go, go by the, uh, the wind underneath our sails. Let's on do this it. One. Um, number four is a movie that I had never seen before. Something that I chose not to associate with until I had the opportunity to see it in the theater. Um, and that is the 4K restoration and remastering and re-release of Stop Making Sense, mm-hmm. um, the Talking Heads concert, uh, David Byrne. This was really my first introduction to the Talking Heads, to David Byrne, to the big suit, all of these very iconic pop culture things that have kind of taken hold over things over the last 30 years. And I remember seeing it in IMAX and just being like, we used to like do cool shit. We used to like make some <laughs> yeah. really fun stuff. Yeah. And especially like the lamppost, uh, you know, kind of scene and, and then the number stop making sense fucking rules. And like, I just don't know if there's a more succinct way to, to, to say it. <laughs> From the director of science of the lambs, Jonathan Demi. I mean, kind of crazy. It's thought? the same dude. <laughs> um, I think this is really fun. Both of our number fours are the other person's number two. Um, wow! Because that's Look where at that. Stop Look Making at us. Sense falls for me. This was my the second most impactful movie experience, movie going experience for me this year for sure. Um, I had I had seen this before, but seeing it on the big screen in IMAX was just a sight to behold. It was just it's a whole new experience. I I felt like my body was moving the whole time. Yeah. I wasn't like the Taylor Swift eras fans that were out there actually like dancing and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't doing that, but I like, I had a smile on my face. I think the entire movie, like it was just so fun to watch from the oversized coat to the very beginning where we bring out band members one at a time, you know, and it's yeah. like, we do different songs with each member. Like you said, the lamp, um, the, the lamp dance is a wonderful piece here. Um, I just, I loved it. It was just one of my, it was my, most fun movie watching experience of the year without a doubt. And I think for me, that's why I bumped all the way up to number two. Yeah. I, again, like very much awaiting the physical release of this, yeah. uh, because I, I would love to just kind of put it on 
in the background of my house and have my children watch it. And um, they've seen some of the YouTube videos and they, they jive with it. So uh, I'm looking forward to having it in my house whenever. Um, I'm curious. I don't, I don't know if you know. I wonder if you can rent it on the A24 app. Oh, I don't know. Question That'd mark? be sweet. That, that might be something that's out there. Um, yeah, Stop Making Sense is just, just a good time. Just, yeah. a gr- just a good fucking time at the movies. Love it. Okay. Why don't you go with your number three? Uh, my number I, three, I just went with mine. Yeah, for sure. My number three is going to be uh, Lucas Stone's Close, uh, which mm-hmm. we talked about at the beginning of the year. This was, again, it's one of those that falls into a weird time frame because it got limited release in 2022, which is why it was qualified for the Oscars last year. But it went wide in January of 2023, which I believe is when we covered it. Um, And we had a guest on for that. And my heart was broken. (laughs) (laughs) I like, I mean, we've talked about it on here before, but it's just like, I had to wait. You guys had to wait for me for like, I don't know how long um, just to come to gather myself to come back on and talk (laughs) about it. Um, But I loved it. Um, You know, Jessica, thank you in a way for picking that, but also just like, yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) broke My heart. So um, I loved that film and it just, I don't know. It's one of those that affected me personally. I was able to relate to the story a lot closer than I thought I was. And um, yeah, I don't know if you haven't seen it. I recommend it a lot. I know it doesn't necessarily work on everyone the same way and that's understandable because i think there is something to be said for people's personal experience like as you mentioned with the iron claw like sometimes you you relate to something very personally and that's just going to take it to a whole nother level that that it won't for someone else so right uh for me this is my number three this has probably affected me the most i'm curious if i had seen this in theaters how high it would be because that is the difference between my number two and number one is that I saw this at home um, and the other two I saw in theaters, which maybe gave it more of an impact for my rankings. But yeah, number three, close. I think outside of this, there's really only one other movie that I'm aware that we had maybe a a wider gap in our reception Mm. of the movie. Um, That first movie is Medusa Deluxe. I gave it okay. a D pl- D plus. You gave it a B minus. Okay. Um, this we didn't really um change too too much our ratings. I gave it a B. You gave it an A. Um, but I do know I was a, a lot less um kind of hyped on this movie than than you were. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that I watched it. I th- I do think it's an an impactful movie and it does tell an important story. Um, it I don't know. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. And like um, it, it might have been that you know i was just too heartbroken over other movies so another one of heartbreak was just a tough <laughs> tough yeah, sit i, I sure. don't know um could have been i will say that's not on my list my number 3 is a movie that we mentioned that is still in limited release it's not out yet you have not had the chance to see it is the zone of interest mm-hmm. this movie is easily the most realistically unsettling experience I've had in a cinema probably ever. Um, mm. Outside of the fact that like I, I will remember seeing this because I did see it at the New York film festival and I did see it, you know, sitting a, a few seats away from a critic that like I've followed for a long time and got the chance to talk to. And like these other outside connections that like are surrounding this film 
I think the zone of interest is a fascinating um, story, not just in like what it's actually telling, um, but again, like this director's interpretation of the source material and like what, how do they see it and what makes mm. the story and what doesn't. Probably one of the wildest, um, like shaking, uh, core shaking final 10 minutes of, of a movie this year, I would say. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to talk about it too much more. I know a lot of people yeah. haven't had the chance to see this, um, but when it does go wide or when you do have the chance to see it, I, I highly recommend it. I think it's a, a pretty master class uh, exercise in um, a telling of not only, you know, the, the, the most haunting and, and devastating period of, of history of world history, um, but technical movie making and like, sound and camera movement and performance all of these things work together um and i do think it will be a best picture nomination um and i I do think it'll be a best international nomination um so i think that'll be um a really interesting conversation an interesting race um that's my number three we're both down to our number one and i'm gonna take a guess that it's the same number one yeah i'm surprised that we ended up if this is the same number one that we ended up with three crossovers I think I didn't expect Stop Making Sense to make your list. Oh, okay. That's the one. I figured we probably had Iron Claw, and uh-huh, I'm assuming uh-huh. our, both of our number ones is Past Lives. Oh. Uh, no, it is Dick's the Musical. Dick's the Musical. Actually. Okay. I should have I should have expected <laughs> you that. You should have yeah. known. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It, was. it is, in fact, Past Lives. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't know how much Stop Making Sense resonated with you for the whole year, because um, I know you, you were able to see a few things I wasn't like dream scenario and not necessarily the Dick's musical is going to make it, but I just knew there's some other things on there. I think when I think about it, like stop making sense. If, if someone, this is how I try to like put it in my head. If someone were to like come up to me and be like, you, you have no responsibilities today. You don't have work. You don't have to hang You don't have to, um, you know, watch your kids. You don't Mm -hmm. have to do anything. You also have a free movie and we can put on whatever you want out of the, like the 2023, the A24 catalog. Um, would you, would you rather, you know, watch, um, Priscilla? Would you rather watch Dick's the Musical? Would you rather watch any of these movies? I think Stop Making Sense like really rises to the top just because it is such a fun, easy, enjoyable thing to go experience. It, it is much different than trying to do, you know, like you hurt my feelings right on the bubble for me of a top five, but I probably still pick stop making sense just because it is so much fun all right i like it um well past lives man jesus what What do you say what a movie (laughs) i don't know what you say i I tell these people to go back and listen to our episode because otherwise we're going to talk about it for another hour you know Mm -hmm. um i love this film it's my favorite movie of the year um it's a number one number one of the whole year overall yeah oh wow okay. yeah i went back through my letterbox and all my five stars which i didn't give a ton but this is this is number one on there is past lives uh i love this movie i thought it was beautiful i think the script is amazing we got our sad boy john magaro just you know repping a24 sad boys all over the place he's yeah he's putting in the work right like this, he, this is episode 96 for us if people are interested yeah go check go that out up. Um, I think readily. John Magaro is not that far outside the supporting actor nomination uh, list. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah, I mean, probably not for me, for us, definitely not. You know, I'm curious to see where he would fall. But uh, Greta Lee, 
wonderful job. I would love to see her see her get recognized for her performance in here. Are you going to cry then? Are you going to cry right now on the show? No, it's going to burp of all things. Um, (laughs) But uh, Greta Lee, she's wonderful here and I think is a very powerful performance. But I think Best Actress is pretty stacked. Um, But I I hope she gets some some love for this performance. Uh, Tio Yo did a great job as well. Um, He's wonderful. And we talk about it all the time, but like a 24 does a great job with these directorial debuts. And this is yeah. another one where it's just like, they knocked it out of the park. So, um, Celine song, beautiful film. I'm very excited to see what she follows up with. Um, I believe it's another a 24. Is uh, it with a 24 film that she is slated to do? Yeah. Nice. I'm very excited about that. So yeah. Past lives. Number one with a bullet for sure. Um, again, Screen drafts. If you want us to come talk about A24 directorial <laughs> debuts, let us know. I think this would make the list without a doubt. Yeah, uh, 100%. I, I echo everything you said. Yeah, it looks like her next movie is going to be titled The Materialists. Okay. Um, I don't have any more information because you stopped talking and I was looking it up and I can't talk <laughs> and look things up at the same time. Um, but yeah, so that's exciting. I, I think for me... It is my number two movie of the year, um, kind of sandwiched between between Opie at number one and Killers of Flower Moon at three. So I think it speaks a lot that it finds its way into these much big, mm-hmm. you know, very juicy movies that contain a, a very dense subject matter. The way that I know that it is my favorite A24 movie of the year outside of the fact that I, that I saw it twice in the theater and that I, I, I think about it often and you know, it, it does carry very big pings of, of like everything everywhere and these La La Land and these movies that, that resonate with me is that I have, I have put off rewatching this movie, obviously in hopes that it'll be a best picture nomination and we can mm-hmm. cover it on the show. But because I know when I do fire it up, I, I am so shut off from the rest of the world and I'm so encapsulated in every single second that this film is on and, and what it's saying and what it's doing and the impact that it will have on me by the time that we get to the end. And, and we're just like, maybe we're someone to each other in another, in another life already. Yeah. And I'm just like, what, like, fuck this. Um, that's how we know how it's so so good because I get scared to rewatch it because it is that heartbreak that is just like, I have to be ready for this. And mm-hmm. most times I'm just not ready for it. No, I mean, I'm with you. There's so many scenes here and we're going to talk about some of them in a little bit, but yeah. so many scenes in this film that just still stick with me. So many lines, um, even just the beginning where we just see them all at the bar together and you know, oh, people trying wow. to guess how they all are connected. Like, one of, the smart, one of the smartest like fourth wall breaks yeah, in, for sure. in, in recent history, for sure, in movies. Yeah, yeah um, loved it. Really sublime film. I'm, I really, really, really hope that we get to cover it as a Best Picture nominee and, and kind of get to revisit it. Um, okay, so mine, number five, Bo's Afraid. Number four, Stop Making Sense. Number three, The Zone of Interest. Number two, The Iron Claw. Number one, Past Lives. Do you want to say your five real quick? Yeah, five is Priscilla. Four is The Iron Claw. Three is Close. Two, Stop Making Sense. And number one, Past Lives. Cool. All right, we had three overlap. I I I had a feeling that we were we were gonna get up there at least with past past lives in the Iron Claw. 
Um, yeah. I, I knew that those two were were kind of locks. So those are our top five A24 projects of the, of the year. We did not, however, talk about um, The Curse, the show we've been covering mm-hmm. here here on the show. We'll kind of cover the episode six through ten um, at the end of Oscar season in April. And we didn't talk about The Idol, a show that you vehemently refused <laughs> to come on the show to yeah. even talk about. You sent your partner in your stead. I'm so grateful for her. So eternally <laughs> grateful for her. Uh, we covered the first episode. I think I was here to talk about that. Yeah, you were. And then yeah. you guys did the uh, season recap. And luckily, my partner, Ashley, was more than kind enough to come take my place. Were we wrong about the idol? Is it, act- is it good? You think it's good? No, I don't at all. Like, I, I did you don't even know. finish watching it? No, of course not. That's why I couldn't <laughs> oh come talk about it. I cannot even finish the show. Oh my god. Okay. All right. That's fine. Another conversation for another time. Yeah. Divine Joy Randolph. I mean, we're gonna be talking about her Oscar season. I'm excited our, about there's, that. There's our idol, idol shoe in right there. Uh, okay. Favorite A24 performance of the year. This is gonna be our first A1 act here. I have a short list of things that I felt deserved to be on this very long mm-hmm. short list. Um, and I, I consciously made the decision not to do like A24 awards or like kind of make this an awards thing. I think that we kind of did at the end of, of last year, just because we are going into Oscar season, we're going to yeah, be talking yeah. about awards a lot. So I, I thought this was a more um, kind of uh, a, a more fun way to go about this. So here's what I've got on the shortlist for the favorite A24 performance of the year. Um, Eden Dambreen, who plays Leo in Close, the main, the main child. Sebastian Stan as Max in Sharper. I told you, Sharper was not going away. Gotta bring it back. Here to stay, baby. Michelle Williams as Lizzie in Showing Up. Joaquin Phoenix as Bo in Bo is Afraid. Nathan Lane uh, as, oh, sorry, excuse me, Parker Posey as Elaine Bray in Bo is Afraid. Uh, Nathan Lane as Roger in Bo is Afraid. Nathan Lane as Harris in Dick's the Musical. Greta Lee as Nora in Past Lives. John Magaro as Ar- Arthur in Past Lives, Sophia Wilde, who plays Mia in Talk to Me, uh, Kaylee Spaney as Priscilla in Priscilla, Nick Cage as Paul Matthews in Dream Scenario, Sandra Hewler as Hedwig Haas in The Zone of Interest, and Zac Efron as Kevin Von Erich in The Iron Claw. That's what I felt like made the, deserved to make the very long shortlist that For I've sure. created here. Is there anything that you think I left off? Not for me. I mean, this is a... Okay great recap of the year and some of the stronger performances that we got from a 24 for sure. Yeah, totally. It, it, to, to, to the point of like Bo is afraid. I, I never don't think about that movie and, and think about Nathan Lane saying scared of going home, Bo. It's just like, I don't know. Pretty synonymous. I thought it was pretty good. My dude. Yeah. <laughs> my, brother. On the, my brother. <laughs> um, for me, there's so many great performances here, but for a lot of reasons, I have to give it to Eden Dambreen from Close, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because this was his first performance. Like, he's just a kid. Like, he's not an actor. Uh, they just found him and the other uh, lead as well. And I thought he just gave such a great performance, obviously enough to bring me to tears. And I think it's just tough to do on, you know, a debut and at that age. So. There's so many, I could, I could give my top five performances for sure, but Eden <laughs> would, would be my number one. Yeah, definitely agree on, on the top five. I titled this favorite because I did want to go with favorite. I didn't want to go with best. Okay. Um, so I think the best A24 performance is Zac Efron in the mm-hmm. Iron Claw. And I think very specifically, 
you know, for the reasons of like the final 20 minutes of the film. My personal favorite is in fact, John McGarrow as Arthur in past okay. lives. I just, yeah. I just think um, the things that he says and, and, and his basic, basically his efficiency on screen is kind of through the roof mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, and, and he encapsulates, I don't think past lives works without John McGarrow being yeah. like the, the linchpin of understanding how those timelines and potential timelines intersect and cross each other. John McGraw has to be there and has to give the performance that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, he also just like respect for being like, what are you hungry for? I want some chicken wings. And it's like, all right, cool, man. Love that you want that. That's yeah. great for you. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. John McGarrow. John McGarrow, sad boy. Okay, next A1 act. Favorite A24 scene of the year. Again, not the best, but but our favorite. Uh, uh, here's what I've got on the short list. A, a shorter short list, if you will. Max and Madeline dancing in the bar in Sharper. We talked about this. Dirty laundry, I, baby. I, I just think like two hot people dancing to good music in a bar is pretty unreplaceable. Uh, that movie's got a lot of problems, but it's also kind of fun the more yeah. that I talk about it. So there's that. Um, the forest story in Bo's Afraid, really where things start to take off slash fall apart slash, mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever, whatever other superlative you want to <laughs> yeah, put yeah, in here yeah. for Bo's Afraid. The final song, Love is Love, in Dick's The Musical. A moment that I don't know if I've ever felt quite as uncomfortable watching. Um, and, you know, I, they went for it. And I respect right. that and, mm-hmm. and, and, and go them for that. Um, the bedroom conversation in past lives. I didn't want to mention this when I talked about John Magaro, but I, I think this is one of the best movie scenes of the year, quite honestly, mm-hmm. uh, because this idea to, to, to put into words, this idea of like so many cross sections of life and a relationship. Um, the fact that, he says like you dream in a language I can't understand that simple sentence works on like seven different levels, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. Shout out Celine song for making a fucking kick-ass movie. <laughs> um, the final scene in past lives, uh, the Le Monde and uh, the hand montage in talk to me. I think we both felt pretty similar when we saw the scene. We were like, that is how you make a cool montage. That is a montage. Yep. Without a doubt. The lamp dance. Stop making sense. I put sexual fart here for dream scenario um, because that is the scene in which um, Nick Cage is basically being um, getting ready to have sex with this person. And then he farts. And I got to be honest, that stuff doesn't work for me, but that worked for me. That worked specifically. for you. You like the Nick Cage fart? I do. Nick Cage nice. farts. Big I still need to see Dream Scenario. I'm bummed I haven't watched it yet. It was good. I, I Obviously, I don't want to spoil too much, uh, but it was good. Um, the ending sequence of the zone of interest I, I briefly talked about and a better place in the iron claw. Yeah. This is my short list here. Any big omissions that you're feeling? Not off the top of my head. I mean, mine was here for sure. So I knew this list was a uh, pretty concise, but I think it captures a lot of the great wow. stuff that we see it. Saw. I did it. I went you two for it. two on capturing. You didn't go off list. No, I mean, how off off brand to finish? I cannot out the think of anything <laughs> that I would add to this. Like my yeah, my top three are definitely here for sure. So yeah, I love it. Okay, what's what is your favorite scene of the year? 
it's from what I was debating to be my other number five, my, my top five. Oh, um, you didn't even tell, you didn't even tell us what you were debating. Well, I'll tell you you right now. You tried to skirt around it. I know I did. It was from Talk to Me. Wow. I love that. The hand montage was some of the cool stuff that I saw on screen this year. I love Talk to Me. I thought it was such a good movie. Um, And that was, that was my heart pick because I had Mm. such a great time there, but I just felt like Priscilla, I wanted to talk about Priscilla a little bit more. So um, but the hand montage, Le Mans, that, that remix of Edith Piaf is perfect. Um, I think it ended up on my Spotify rap because I listened to it so much along with uh, Dirty Laundry. So A24 had some good representation <laughs> on there. Um, but yeah, I love it. I thought I thought that movie was great. And that scene is like you said, it's how you do how you do a montage just like that. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, have you used that hand? Um, Either to summon souls or to, or to smoke out of. Yeah, or do any recreational an activity. In. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's got it somewhere in tear for sure. <laughs> Putting in the work, making yeah. that hand, hand get to work. I think for my favorite scene of the year, look, I, I'm going to be lame. I am going to go with the bedroom conversation. I kind of gave that away. Yeah. Kind of gave my hand, my hand away there, if you will. Yeah. That was pretty good. Um, good. I think it is one of the most beautiful, impactful scenes uh, of the year, not just in the A24 library, but I think in, in general, in, in movies. Number two would probably be the hand montage in okay. Talk to Me. So so I'm I'm right there with you. I remember watching that just being like, this is how you fucking do it. Like, this is mm-hmm. sick. And um, there's a really cool video out there. You sent it to me one time of the guys, the, the makers of the movie, getting the call that A24 bought their film out of Sundance. Yeah. Sick movie. If you're looking for a little background on this, very, very cool success story about an original horror film. Yeah, so good. Um, I like that our top two are from the same movie because mine would be the final scene from Past Lives. Ah, um, nice. Walking him to the taxi and then just that that tracking shot that we get going back home. Love it. Oh boy. Oh boy. That's yeah. We better better not fire up that movie <laughs> recreationally anytime soon. Yeah. Um. Okay. Cool. That's that's 2023. Of A24 kind yeah. of kind of wrapped are, are, are very sporadic um, thoughts here and there about lots of projects that A24 put out. 21 movies. How how are you feeling about 2024 going going in for A24? I think we got to do something special. I mean, it's A24 in 2024. We got to make this year pretty special. So I I'm excited about it. Um, I'm you know, I feel like. There's something we have no idea even exists yet that's going to be in our top fives at the end of next year, and I can't wait to find out what that is. Yeah, I, I do think that is going to be the case. Um, so far that we, we, we know Love Lies Bleeding is coming out. That's going to be a Sundance movie that's slated for a March release. Um, and Civil War, April 26th, uh, the new film from Alex Garland. Those are the only two dated films nice. that A24 has right now in 2024, I will say, and we've talked about this on the show before, movies like I Saw the TV Glow, Janet Planet, and Problemista. These movies are, they're out, the people have seen these movies, mm-hmm. either at festivals or, or special screenings. A24 just like hasn't put them out yet, and I don't know what's going on with that. Um, we've got a, an Eggers Brother movie slated maybe 2024. Okay. Um, Ty West, Maxine, 
2024 supposedly um lots of cool stuff honestly i i think i think 2024 is going to be special and we got to figure out how to do it like you said a24 2024 got to put it together and we got Helena Rain from Bodies, 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 but now Baby Girl, which has a pretty awesome cast. Nicole Kidman, Harris Dickinson. We just saw him in the Iron oh, Claw. Oh, that movie? Yeah. Oh, dude. Isn't that movie about Nicole Kidman, like, cheating on her husband with Harris Dickinson? I believe so, yeah. Oh, right. We did her it. Her husband, who is Antonio Banderas, I believe. Uh, Sophia Jean- Wilde's in that movie? Sophia Wilde. Woo! Jean Reno. Yeah, so. 2024. Coming up all A24. Yeah, we got some good stuff coming up. So I'm I'm stoked. It's going to be a good year. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good year. I had a lot of fun potting about A24 this yes. year for, for the past nine months. Um, The next three months, we're going to be talking about Oscars. Academy Awards. We've got our very first episode uh, coming out in just a few-ish days by the time that this pod is yeah. released, I believe, like January 2nd is when, is when our, our third, excuse me, is when our episode comes out it's gonna be our special oscars preview conversation with clayton davis Mm -hmm. the senior awards editor at variety um i'm excited i'm curious if any listeners have any specific questions for clayton want his insight on anything let us know i'll try to float it out to him and and see see what he gives us um but i know clayton will bring some hot takes and i'm ready to battle i'm ready to defend i can't wait you gotta defend babylon which honestly I almost I, put on over the break. I almost put that on, but I didn't quite get What there. the fuck is wrong? You didn't do it? The, well, Why we, didn't you do it, Ben? We were told that we needed some calming stuff for our dog who just had surgery. So it's like, this did not <laughs> seem like a calm movie to put on. But, you know, the break's Fair. still on for a few days. So we'll see. Maybe we'll get around to it. Fair um, yeah. But let us know what you guys thought of A24 in 2023. What did you think compared to last year? What are you looking forward to next year? Um, I'm excited. I hope we get Wizards from David Michaud, who yeah. did one of my favorite movies ever, Animal Kingdom. I'm hoping we finally get to see that. That feels like it's been on the slate forever as well, though. So mm-hmm. who knows what's going to come? But let us know what you guys think. We are at 24 minutes of 824 on Twitter and Instagram, and you can also find us on YouTube. You can watch us talk about this stuff. Uh, you can su- subscribe there, hit the bell, do shout all that out kind to the stuff. 200 people that's 200 subscribers to now. Yeah, we hit 200. So fucking go help us on our our path to 300. Um, maybe we'll watch Zack Snyder's movie as a celebration. Who knows? Whoa, we'll see. Pretty good. We what are we gonna do? When, what are we gonna do when we get to 240? I feel like that's like well, our first 24 one. milestone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, maybe you'll watch Logan. I don't know. We'll see. We'll oh, get around to it. Oh man. Maybe we'll watch Babylon. How about that? <laughs> maybe we'll watch Babylon. Maybe maybe that's the time to revisit Bo's Afraid finally. Dad, there we we'll go. See. Watch yeah. along, baby. Maybe that'd be it. But yeah, so subscribe to us on YouTube. Thank you everybody for your support. We appreciate it. We will see you in the new year. I am Ben Lawhorn. And I am Ethan Simmy. Spring break forever, bitches. Bye.